Hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, your boys are back. Uh, Brody Miller, T-Bob Bear. It is a brand new edition here of the Hold That Podcast podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed Championship Edition last week, of course, like right after we got done. It was announced that Dave Aranda was leaving for Baylor. So we're a little yeah. late to the party, but we will uh, talk about it today. Before we get into things, remember, buy all your specialty meats from A-Bear's specialty meats right there in Bocage uh, or in Prairieville. Uh, it's great. I love stuffed chickens, Brody. And go ahead and subscribe to The Athletic. You can always find great sign-up deals. Shout out to The Athletic. Just got valued at $500 million. <laughs> Reason being, because uh, turns out that people really like it. Trust me, I'm a paying customer, a satisfied I shouldn't be paying for how much love I give them. That's bullshit. But I am a paying customer. And uh, you might not have to pay this upcoming year. You yeah, good. I fucking better not. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you might like, be an employee. Freaking yell y'all from the rooftops. <laughs> but real talk, if if you don't know what it's like to go on a website without ads and you've forgotten how glorious it can be. So uh, also Matthew McConaughey is technically my boss now. How so? He did bought you, into it? Did you read the article? Yeah. No. I, I don't know if like he was like, I want the athletic, but it was like his, I guess like someone he- His like financial that, team. One of his financial teams. Yeah. They basically, they invested in the athletic. So nice. I'm just going to be like, Matthew McConaughey is my boss, man. All right. Gonna call all right. For the all right. Well, that, uh, that, that hoodie is looking pretty slick there, Brody. So this is only like the second time I've ever worn athletic merch in public. Yeah. Because I'm the kind of person who, when I wear it, the entire beat will just make fun of me. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, oh, athletic! Oh, sick! Yeah. yeah. So I never wear it. Yeah, I think I think I think a lot of you. Know, I like the sweatshirt. It's, also, it's, it's a cozy a great day sweatshirt. But I also think that everybody's maybe a little jealous not to be on the athletic bandwagon every now and then because in an era when a lot of stuff is dying, it's kind of thriving. So uh, it's interesting. Go ahead and subscribe. Whatever. We're yeah, here. We'll to move talk. on. Yeah. We're here to talk this LSU be a fun football. Um, and if you see Brody in his athletic sweater in public, please make fun of him. Yeah, like you're allowed like, to. Oh, do you work for the athletic? He's big, stupid douche. Yeah. Well, um, you added that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Did, was say that. Yeah. Definitely say that. Um, you young, old-spirited douche. Call him that. Uh, so we're going to talk about LSU, though. Like we said, we got Dave Aranda news to break down. Brody had an article projecting the 2020 starting lineups. How's that for sports writing, my friends? Uh, Denny, you right? Yeah, you? no, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's that for sports writing? A depth chart? <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, like to me, that's and I make the same jokes about sports talk. Is there anything more? Sports media, oh, then like the yeah. season ends, and we're like, all right, twenty twenty, very chart, early baby. top twenty five. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah like coming up next. <laughs> Why I think so? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Are we? Do we get into other LSU sports here? Are we strictly LSU football? Have we decided? Do you cover other LSU sports? Like, will you start turning the page towards basketball? So that's a good question. So my job responsibilities are technically, you know, like LSU football. Okay, like that's it. <laughs> But it's up to me how much I will do the rest. Like, okay. like I will probably do some basketball features, especially if they keep winning like they are. Like, if they go on a run, I'll probably cover them more full time. Yeah. Baseball, LSU is kind of like the guinea pig because we have historically done no college baseball because nowhere else in the country. No one else likes college baseball. <laughs> but if you're going to be a, a subscription site at LSU and make people pay, like people are going to want some baseball. Yeah. I mean, I've covered baseball really closely the last two years, so I mean, I I'd be psyched to go write some features on that. But I doubt I'll ever cover it like a beat reporter. But uh. I so mean, yeah. is to answer there your question, anything worse than being a baseball beat reporter? 
It's a hard. I know. Life. I know. It for is you the, writers, an MLB beat reporter like is like probably a, the worst life. It's probably like a badge of honor amongst writers because it's like that's like the <laughs> that's, like that's like the worst waiting to happen. That's like the glory days, right? Is like the 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 baseball beat writer, the guy yeah. who ever, the city loves, and he's he's got like Ooh, the press yeah. card in his hat, and he's like, uh, "Hi, uh, what are you? Hey, what are you gonna throw on that Sunday?" I don't know. Like that, that's what I think of when I think of baseball beat writers. No, but it's also like that is the that's a divorce waiting to happen. It's, it's a like, fucking grind. One, you're on the road nonstop, and it's just a constant thing. You work until like midnight, one o'clock yeah. like every night. And then you don't go. You go to work at like I don't know, like two or three to go to the locker room or the duck, like all that. So like, you just have no functioning normal life with your family. It's a it's a divorce waiting to happen. Yeah. So um. Anyway, so, to answer so maybe, your actual question, maybe get some. You'll, you'll maybe. Get I think some we stuff. keep it football focused on the pod, but we are we will dive into the other stuff too when when it when it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was just bringing it up because yesterday to me felt like. The first time where I was starting, I was kind of ready to turn the page to basketball season, where you had a big LSU-Florida game, sort of dipped my toes in there. It was a great game. LSU gets the big win. They're now 6-0 and in the SEC, Will Wade. Uh, they're kind of like the bad guys, too. Like, you can tell the announcer, like, a lot of people don't want LSU to do, do well just because they so blatantly got caught uh, with, you know, just... just <laughs> Just being a little greasy, allegedly, 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 allegedly being a little greasy. Strong allegations, but allegedly allegations nonetheless. Strong ass allegations. Uh, yeah, strong ass allegations. That's uh, just too obvious. But I do kind of love the 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 bad boy persona of LSU, and I hope they. Keep yeah, no matter your ass. thoughts on Will Wade, him posing with the VCU fans a few like two months ago, who were <laughs> FBI, FBI agents. <laughs> I'm like, listen, you can have all. I will not blame anyone for criticizing Will Wade, but that was a. That's like an embracing the brand yes, moment. Like, go for to, it, man. Dude, you have to. And this LSU team should. So that was cool. And then uh, Zion's coming back tonight. So I've got my Zion jersey on. Right? Yeah. As we are recording this. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited for basketball. But uh, but but we you know I'm a, a basketball guy. Really? I went to oh Indiana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To IU. I'm a Sixers guy. Yeah. Basketball's my life. Yeah. But has Indiana ever been good since life. you've been alive? They won a or, Big like, Ten title like my adult? junior year. They won two Big Ten titles in the decade. But like they're. Grand scheme of things, no, they're not good. Was that when Oladipo was there? The first one was Oladipo. The second one was like Yogi Ferrell and like Thomas Bryant. All right. Well, um, they've never made an elite eight. Wadman. We will. Uh, we'll talk football today because we got a lot of football to talk about. Uh, should we start with Dave Aranda leaving? Since that was the, the big right news move, yeah. that broke like an hour after we got. This done. is gonna be a fun pod because it's an open ended pod. Like the other pods, it's like we're breaking down nitty gritty game film and yeah, like this is true. like what's the future, man? Yeah, and I have no idea you- honestly, <laughs> and I can't even. And, and to be honest, I haven't even. Um, I haven't been bothered to really engage with it critically just yet either. I am in the I'm I'm in the cigarette off season. What do you mean critically? Like I haven't like really sat down and like done the legwork of like trying to look up rumors and like who do I think will be good fits. I'm like very much just like I don't give a fuck right let's now, do it. dude. Let's do it now. So, let's just, so, like I said, let's just throw shit against the wall. Cigarette off season. I am just leaning back. This year was the most incredible sex I've ever had. For the next few months, I'm leaning back, chilling. Puffing, hanging, and talking shit to my Alabama friends. I think it's, a, it's January. It's off season, so it's 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 loosely hold that podcast. We're not holding the podcast tight. No, no, no. no <laughs> yeah, just loosely held podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Um. All right then. So Aranda leaves. <laughs> yes. Uh, as you said last week, not unexpected. Because uh, I think I asked you specifically, like, do you think he might still go to Baylor? And then sure enough, he did. Baylor. Yeah. Uh, Shoot, makes it- he was flirting with UNLV in Hawaii to be yeah. able to get a job like Baylor. Which, by the way. They're going to be better than they were this year, next year, as long as Randa does the job. You know what I mean? Like, 
that is a perfect job. I think he kind of likes the idea of being back in Texas, like kind of more of a Mexican culture. It yep. seems like makes sense. So yeah, I think it's a. I mean, that's a home run hire for him. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if uh, Munoz is uh, Mexican. I don't know his descent, but you know his, his family. <laughs> maybe I'm you know. George Munoz spelled like Jorge would maybe speak to that. Now we're just sounding like this kind of yeah, like messed kind up. Of like, yeah, like all these Mexicans want to no, go to no, Baylor. No, the, whatever. Point being, um, that is that, that is kind of one of the under reported parts of Dave Aranda's story. Is yeah, Ross Allen had a great story on it? Yeah, this, he did a great yeah, story on it. Great. And 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 the reality is that will play well in that area and that can allow you to connect with a lot of families and a lot of kids and a lot of recruits and really that's good for Dave because like isn't that the only question mark that people have about him as a head coach cuz he to me he oh, yeah. he's obviously a great on-field coach um he develops people ex- excellently uh in the rare time when you see him out in public with the media and stuff he kills it he's I amazing mean, everybody loves his speech he doesn't have to yell or get rah rah he just has this like stoic samurai like confidence to him uh but the only thing that you don't know is like and maybe from what you've heard is like can he be a great recruiter and yes. so i guess i don't know start there yeah i, I i'm so fascinating to follow Baylor the next few years, and like I'm going to follow them genuinely closely now because Dave Rand to me is one of the more fascinating people I've come across in football. I mean, he is this like you said, he's not your normal head coach. He's like responsible Mike Leach in the sense that like he's just this different kind of just chill guy. Yeah, who like very cerebral, both <laughs> very those very guys. cerebral, and you get him started on a topic, and he will like. He's one of my favorite interviews because you'll ask him a question and he'll like really think about it for like 15 seconds and he won't BS you. He'll just really think it's a good question. Like think about it and then give you a nine minute detailed answer. And you learn so much sitting around him and he will go on anything. You saw the thing at the at media days when he told the guy about you should shave your head and go bald. Like just embrace it, man. You yeah. See that? Like he's just a fascinating dude. But I don't know what that's going to look like as head coach, which is exactly what you're getting out of. Like, what's he going to be like as a recruiter? What kind of OC hires Dave Aranda going to make? I am fascinated by that. Wait, so is Munoz not the OC then? I don't think he'd be OC. Oh, okay. I think he'd be maybe a receivers coach or maybe even a quarterbacks coach. Okay, yeah. uh, quarterbacks. And coach also, by the way, the Munoz news. I want to be clear: it's not been reported or anything like that yet. I think we all. Oh, is that it, not official? It is not. It's just it's. It looks like it's headed that way. Okay. Well, um, quarterbacks coach would seem to make sense because. Isn't the kind of unofficial word on the street that he was basically the quarterback's coach for Burrow this season? Yes. I mean, that's, maybe yeah. that's like not coloring it completely correctly, but I they, they worked very close. Like, yeah. Munoz oh, yeah, no, was at the true. Heisman ceremony right there on the front row with the other coach, like, oh, yeah. with like Ensminger. You and, talk to Joe, you talk to Jimmy Burrow, they'll say like, that. I remember I asked Jimmy Burrow like, I was asking all these questions about like Tom Herman and, and all like all these different people who've, Ryan Day and Steve Ensminger, Joe Brady, all these people who've got like, Help him grow to this breakout year, and he's like, I don't want to talk about George Munoz, but like he's been essential for him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, tough losses for LSU, but I think the right moves for those guys, as you said, Dave obviously wanted to be a head coach, and the Baylor job is infinitely better than the UNLV job. Matt Rule left Baylor in a really good spot, and I think it's a great hire for Baylor because I think Dave Aranda is one of the most intriguing terms of potential head coach prospects out there. So uh, LSU's loss is Baylor's gain. So Sikkim, Bears, I thought what Dave had to say about Coach O was really uh, emotional and it felt sincere. And I've heard maybe behind the scenes, like anything, you know, there's a little like, there's always a little maybe 
frustration when a guy leaves and then maybe take some guys out of the building like that, that that maybe goes naturally but at least publicly being everybody's being very sincere feeling towards one another no absolutely and i mean yeah i mean dave Rando, i remember said about a year ago to us he was like he's like i've been in a lot of coaching rooms i've been in a lot of staffs and he was just like I, i've never been around a staff where it's just like as pleasant to be around as this lsu staff was right now. yeah just like they actually had a good thing but yeah, I mean, you're gonna, when you're leaving this late in the cycle, first off, when you leave after all this and you're kind of hanging out to dry a little bit, I mean, there's going to be some anger. And I think, like, in time at Ogeron's not going to be angry at, at Dave Aranda. I just no. think, I think in the moment it's just like, shit, this is a kind of a tough situation for LSU. You're yeah, and it's a not bunch even of like, things. You're taking some top analysts, things like that. Yeah, and it's not even like anger at the, you know. It's anger at the situation. Per, yes, exactly, right? It's anger at this situation and just. It's, it's, it's tough work. So, like I said, it's Baylor's game, but it is LSU's loss. So, What now? Yeah. What now? How do you try to replace a DC of Dave Aranda's caliber? Do you go with the young hot guy? Do you go with an old known quality? I mean, quantity. I mean, Bo Pelini was the first name that popped up in this stuff. It maybe seems like the cycle has already moved on from Pelini. Maybe not, but. Um, but I, I thought that was kind of interesting as a starting point. If, they, if that's where their heads are, that's, that's if that's where, where their heads first. are at. Yeah, I mean that's it is. He's clear he was the number one target. I, it seems like they went pretty far in talks. I don't think it's over by any means, but it seems really? like no. But I think they're still trying and they're still talking. But I think there's a lot. Pelini has to kind of figure out on his end about whether he's ready to leave. He wants his brother to be the next head coach at Youngstown State, things like that. But mm. but I mean, yeah, Bo Pelini was obviously one of the most respected defensive mind in football for a while. But it is also kind of a weird hire because he's been at Youngstown State for five years, so he's been away from Power 5 football for a while. Also, I'm not saying this should be how you judge a defensive coordinator at all, but he's also – Youngstown State's dropped off significantly in the last three years. Like, they've been bad. Yeah. So, After, didn't they make a championship in 2016? Year, sec, I believe in his second year they made a championship, and then they've dropped off heavily. So it's and, like, and his Nebraska resume was pretty good. Oh, it's like great. It's better. It's way better than I think. I think history has shown how amazing, like, yes. fantastic he yes. was. There. Yeah, they yeah. got it's the Mississippi State thing a little bit, right? Where it's like they got a little. There's a little difference because you have a content, a history of, of well, Nebraska's have been some powerhouse. Yes, you're right. Yeah, so that's not a great sure. example, but like modern times, they're not a winning program anymore. He won consistently, but they had this kind of delusion's not the right word, but aspiration for more, and you weren't appreciating what you have. That's a tough job, It's man. hard to live underneath the ghost of Eric Crouch. <laughs> Nebraska was just that for chasing years. that ghost. I mean, that's a tough job, though. <laughs> I remember one Big Ten coach put it to me once back when I was covering the Big Ten, and it was like, Nebraska's a hard job because, you know, there's not recruiting in that area. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not, like, talent in that area. Except for alignment, I'm guessing. Yeah, like guys like that. And you're going to get your, your, your big Asian farm boys. But, and then normally you can be like, hey, you're going to be on national TV. You know, you're going to be like, you can't. You can't really convince a you know, family to travel there often because it's so far from most places. Yeah, and you're not really a national TV program, so it's just kind of a hard thing. You'll to sell out every game. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's all. That's your pitch. Yeah. So anyway, wow, we keep going on weird tangents, but <laughs> yeah. So I mean. I think Bo Pelini is clearly a very good coach, but it just does kind of feel like a weird hire to me. Also, I don't want to go off just reports, but history has said that he's also not the easiest guy to get along with on a day-to-day basis. He's a fiery personality. So, I, I mean, I worked quite closely with Pelini back in the day as uh, on the 2007 team, which he was defensive coordinator. I was a two-time scout team player of the week. And so, um, you know, Pelini really looked to me. To get the defense ready for the big games, and I heard you uh, made the game plan in 07. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to, I don't want to brag too much, but how do you, who do you think really game plan to stop Beanie Wells? Okay, it wasn't Bo, it was Bob. 
It was this guy right here. A lot here. of T-Bob DC buzz. Um, yeah, but uh, but but real talk. I, I really I really like playing for Coach Pliny. The players really liked him. Polar opposite personality of Dave Aranda, though. Polar. Uh, but but I guess my deal with uh, I'm with you. Dave Aranda is viewed as one of the most cutting edge, smart minds in all of football. Bo Pliny, while still has a great resume, is kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum where it doesn't feel cutting edge at all, right? You know, like what kind of. I'm not saying he hasn't kept up with the game, but you don't really know exactly what you're getting when you hire him because he's been at Youngstown State for for five years now. And, so, um, and one thing that's kind of become clear through the process is that I think Ed Ogeron does want somebody who's established, which is why I think Chris. You Rich, think so? They don't want to go with that's like something a, I've heard. You know that I think they kind of want. Now, Aranda was established though they, when oh, they got God, him. He yeah, was very yeah. established. Multiple yeah. time Broyles a winner by the time they they want somebody who's either been a head coach or a DC is one thing I've been I've been told. <laughs> so that kind of you know I'm not saying that crosses off Chris Richard, but you know, he was he was just kind of an upcoming candidate, but you wonder if that's a real one. But I, I said that Chris Richard was up for the passing game coordinator. Big title. if true. Uh, only realizing later that because uh, I'd read that somewhere that he was the passing game coordinator for the Cowboys. I didn't realize uh, he was the defensive passing game coordinator. Make, like what the fuck? Okay, like you said, off, man, you're not diving into this yet. You're not there. No, yet. exactly. Loosely hold that I'm podcast. not there yet. That is the ultimate loosely held moment. But like, also, like, what the fuck, Dallas? That's why you suck because you have defensive passing game coordinators. That's not that uncommon. Uh, shut the fuck up, Brody. Don't step <laughs> on my point. Um, Let's so, go. So that was that was a mistake. But through that, I learned that I don't actually think LSU is looking at Chris Richard. Uh, a lot of people chimed in to tell me not only that I'm an idiot, but that uh, I, I don't know. So I, I don't know. I guess I would maybe, if I'm making my own reporting call here uh, early on, sauces say Sauce. that uh, Chris Richard not in the mix right now. Yeah, but I, I say all that to say I think the appeal of Pelini is like I think Ogeron is at a point where he wants his coordinators Oh, you know, O has learned to delegate. That's something he's really developed yeah. in. He's learned, and I think he really wants his coordinators to be for lack of a better term, head coaches of their side of the ball, which is, I Makes think, sense. part of the appeal there. Jim Leonard's obviously the hottest name in D.C. world right now. I mean, he's, he's, he's literally Dave Veranda again. He's another 30-something, you know, or maybe I think Randa was low 40s when he came to LSU. Another hot shot Wisconsin, D.C. was the talk of the game. The difference is <laughs> Leonard's a Wisconsin alum. You know, he. I don't think he's leaving Wisconsin. You don't think you'd be able to hire him away? To, not for any other. He it would have to be a head coach job, I think, for him to leave. So let's say. By Do way, you make him an offer? I mean, surely though, you're you're still you testing might, the waters, you right? Think, you're still you would think. throwing a little get get old Scotty Woodward to throw a little money out there. You would think so, but let's say hypothetically, and I'm not actually predicting this, but say Pelini, Richard, and Leonard, which are the three hottest names thrown around, are not. On the table. Who do you go next? <laughs> uh, I don't know because, like I said, I don't, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not good at this kind of stuff. I don't keep up with the the hot coaching <laughs> names all the time. Like that's what I've always. Is there like another it. like Mike Elko out there or somebody? I mean, Elko was one of he. He felt a Randa like. Oh, a there's couple plenty of years of great ago. Names. You got a, a Jay Bateman at North Carolina. I think would be a fantastic hire. Jay Bateman was Army's DC for a long for a while, and he was. Those Army defenses were great. Then he just had one year at North Carolina, and they went from I don't have the numbers in front of me, but bottom of the ACC to pretty darn solid in one year. I think Jay Bateman would be a good one. I've heard he's a real uh, American psycho. Um, And then I heard... uh, Bateman. uh, I heard, you know, 24-7 Sports has continuously pushed the name, uh, not pushed, but suggested Todd Grantham is maybe more of a candidate than someone would realize. I I don't know why that. I don't know why that doesn't sound appealing to me. Todd Grantham, I think, is a fantastic He is fantastic. LSU's gotten their ass kicked by Grantham a lot. But it's just like, 
I always wonder, I mean, how tied is he to Mullen? 24, Shea Dixon and Billy Embody have suggested maybe he's not that tied to him, but they seem like they have a really close relationship. And I always kind of thought Grantham wouldn't leave unless it's a head coach job. All relationships can sour over time, right? Though, I mean, everybody eventually wants... I don't know. Like so, sometimes you just want to get out of there. Sometimes you want to try something new. Yeah. So I, I could see Grantham's Mullen a career and journeyman. So yeah, yeah. I could I could maybe see them wanting to split up a little bit. That's an interesting name. Yeah, Grantham's interesting. Um, what was the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, yeah, I think Bateman's interesting. But yeah, I I think but I think the beauty of where Kirby Eddie's, Smart, a lot of Kirby Smart butts. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wow, I had I had a name. I'm trying to find it. Speaking anyway, of which, how did Georgia get the number one quarterback committed to them again in the country? Well, I think that goes back to Georgia's proven they can recruit in the Kirby era pretty aggressively. I mean, it's crazy. But now you have Todd Munkin, and you're proving you're finally – it's not that different from the LSU thing of, like, you're finally proving you're going to go modern, and you're already a recruiting hotbed. It's like, oh, wow, maybe that opens Well, the how have they proved it, though? You're right, not proven. But, well, LSU was landing – for what it's worth, man, before LSU even had on-field No, when I asked the same questions, I'm like, yeah, yeah. how is LSU getting these receivers? Yeah, LSU like, had three top like, 50 receivers. What kind of incredible recruiting acumen are you displaying by being able to convince these receivers to come to a place where quarterbacks generally go to die? I mean, it's, yeah, so the same questions that I had about uh, about LSU back in the day, I now have about UGA, so I guess credit to Kirby and company, but, yeah, because they keep convincing him. Yeah, no, no, I think I think Georgia might be. So Seth Emerson of the Athletic had a really interesting story that published this morning on. There's actually been, it's an unprecedented offense like change in Georgia this year, where as far as he um, as far as Phil Steele can tell in his like history that he cannot see a single team that has ever had less than two. Power Power Five team repl- having less than two offensive starters coming back. Yeah, and they're they're at two right now, they're right? At one. Or they're at one. Dep- Pickens. It depends because Pickens only started two games, so they didn't count him as one. Oh, okay. but they're only bringing back their center. Yeah, but they have a lot of interesting. And center's pieces. a beast, though. Center is. Really I was gonna good. say the center's really good. Like Pickens and some of those receivers are really talented. Now all of a sudden you might have it. Yeah, Jamie Newman coming at a quarterback. Pickens is good, and there's one other. one I know. That's I'm good. forgetting. We're terrible. But, but the other receivers aren't. It's that like good. I'm. By the way, I'm not predicting Georgia's gonna be great, but I just mean like it is gonna be fascinating to see what they can do because Jamie Newman apparently. He's a really highly thought of quarterback. It's not unlike LSU. Now the numbers weren't that extreme, but two yeah. years ago, they had a complete. You know, everything was a question everything mark. Everything was a question. Everybody mark. was new, and there were a lot of growing pains. But look at what eventually set you up for. So, yeah, maybe the long term Georgia offensive future looking a little bright there. I'm not betting against Kirby Smart. Let's put it that. Uh, way. Well, <laughs> what about when he's LSU's DC though? Uh, then, yeah, then, then. Well, then, yeah, I guess we still won't be betting against he's, him. He's, he's an yeah. Okay deal. Um, yeah, keep pushing that. But um, no, but. I, I think what's going to be big here to keep in mind is, and I said this on your on the radio sh- with you guys this morning, is I think LSU, as much as it's frustrating that this all came late in the process, it depends how you play it, and I think it can actually be a benefit that LSU is now at a point where the cycle is basically over. So you're not competing with other schools for guys anymore, and it's basically just, and I don't think it's really going to make an impact on signing You go try guys. to steal a guy. You can take your time. You have all the money in the world because you basically are just freed up what four million dollars between Aranda and Brady that you were about to spend on them. Even even more than that, bro. The the what is Scott Woodward's entire calling call? Know, right, is fundraising and the pocketbooks exactly. are open. But my right point is, you're now. not even going to spend that four million. Yeah. So like, let's be real. So you're not paying two point five again. So you have that money. You're the number one. So team. you don't. That's an interesting question. You don't think there's a guy out there, a name that is attractive enough where you go, like you're like all in. You're like, I want to get this guy this badly. Let's go two million. I mean, if there's somebody, you, if if there what is about some- old boy from Wisconsin, Leonard. 
you just talked about. Because even Aranda wasn't two point five when he got here. No, I say no. no. I, I say I don't. And again, that's not a criticism on ADC. Aranda was the highest paid coordinator, and that became came after a huge negotiation and this battle with all that stuff. He's higher paid than Venables. I mean, so I. I Brent Venables <laughs> name, <laughs> name. Yeah, a lot of pe- yes, people yes, forget. No, yes, no. <laughs> But yeah, so I just kind of doubt it. I don't know. I just don't think there's anyone on the market that's really there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's, it's let's put it this way: if anyone was that expensive, like they would already be getting that. I don't know. I, I but 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 then again, the only way that you get the exorbitant the numbers is the- through the. It's how Dave got pushed up to two point five, right? Is because A and M tried to big oil, uh, big oil, big LSU, oil. Essentially, uh, like that's right. Verb. The wheels of A and M are lubed with the blood of the of the labor uh, that fun created fact, a, there will be blood oil. is actually based on A and M football. People forget that. I, I try. I mean, yeah. I, they tried to drink our milkshake, but they learned. That was, um, that was, that was what was that? That was like my Daniel I know that, Lewis. but it sounded more. like- I drink your milkshake, Eli. I put my straw in there and I slurp it up. That was more of like your like uh, your your show. Uh, Who's song of purple and gold. No, 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 no. That that voice does not come into play right. in song of purple. That's, <laughs> that's my. Sound, that's my. Uh, I think you might that's only my have two voices. Old timey American accent. It sounds like you only have two voices, man. No, no. Now I'm getting pissed. Okay. My purple and gold is. It has more. Yeah, that sounds like your narrator voice. Try to do more of an accent along those lines, or something. It of doesn't that sound point. any different than your Daniel Lewis. Well, I admit to you, they are close. There are clear. Differences between the two voices. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Acting's all about subtly, Brody. No, I, I wouldn't expect you to understand like Brad that. Brad Pitt once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Subtly takes his shirt off and reveals that at sixty he still has incredible abs. God. That bastard. He's just the so, sexiest uh, man I've ever seen in my life. Son of a bitch. Uh, anyway. uh, so here's why I'm not worried why about not worried, the DC search because um, well you could fuck it up because hiring talent's always super easy to fuck oh, up very easily and you have a very influx defense next yeah um, I will say this Ooh, uh, I got a question for you after you're done LSU <laughs> is a very attractive job first off like if you're a coach you know they're going to have great talent uh, you know you're going to be able to recruit well on the defensive side of the ball so like you'll have a lot of NFL players to work with maybe not you know like next year you will actually next year you will but yeah. but you can, you're always going to have great talent and um and when you look at the launching pad that it has been for other coaches in the past and yeah it becomes pretty attractive whether it's like Aranda going to Baylor I mean Pelini ended up and Nebraska, Kevin Steele. Well, that was kind of weird. Went that was different. Back to Auburn, and 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 so, I guess I guess my my point is that it is a place that people Will want. Champ, like yeah, there's. It is a place that people want to be right, and so you will be able to entice. I think the talent that you are targeting, um, and really for just LSU football as a whole, what I keep going back to is, uh. Six six coaches have won natties, and three won them at LSU. Six current coaches right now have won national championships. Three have won one when they were at LSU. And to me, that just speaks to kind of like uh, even if you were to make a bad hire, you're never that far away from getting it getting it fixed. Now, ideally, you don't want to make that bad hire in the first place, but you can you can kind of always course correct and recover if you have to. Two questions for you. Yeah. First one, quick one. Is LSU the most attractive defensive coordinator job in football like over the past 20 years because I think I think there's a few things going on there one I think there's 
I always say this, and it's kind of hard to quantify, but I do believe this, and I say this as a very big outsider. I think LSU is actually like there's just something cool about LSU defense. There's something just appealing there. Yeah, when you it's think a of swag sc- brand, <laughs> when you think of schools you'd want to be DC at, it's like Bama, Ohio State, LSU. But like Bama, you know, you're like Saban's. You're you're kind of tied to Saban. That's a weird vibe. Ohio State's just kind of you know. Do you you'd probably rather be in the SEC? And Ohio State also has like an offensive context to it, so that might be a little tricky. I kind of think LSU is like the not in a vacuum and like in the span of the last 20 years I think is the most interesting DC job there is. It's not I mean, you now know, you're not national team. Like I'm I'm not a hand grip, I'm not the best general college football knowledge guy, but I mean and and I'm so close to it that it's probably hard for me to, you know, see it objectively. Uh but I think back to like the 07 defense, or like even going back to like the early Saban defenses, like Chad Lavalle and Brady James. Yes, from about 2000 on, there has been a defensive identity yeah. established at LSU. And it's one of the reasons why there was such a disconnect this year for LSU, was at times the defense was kind of struggling and people didn't know what to make of that. So, yeah, you just think about the uniforms, the kind of speed. Yeah. And then there's the players. I mean, DBU, unquestioned, unquestioned. Huge. DBU leaders uh, with Tyron and Pep. I mean, Tyron's in a Super Bowl right now as an all-pro safety for the Chiefs. Like, maybe the key piece that helped them kind of get to that next level. The Chiefs are already so close, and Tyron seems to have kind of pushed that defense over the top. So, yeah, I think I think, I think, I think all that helped. And so, and so that is the point, though. Even if it's not the most attractive, it is it's up there. uber attractive. That was just me being curious. Yes, yeah. meaning that, that even... you can get – you should theoretically kind of have your pick – in terms of, okay, these are the guys we're aiming for. We can definitely get at least a couple of these guys to want to come here. Next question. Yeah. There's been talk about... And and then, and then it's to say that, okay, well, then you just have to trust Ogeron's ability to evaluate coaches. And while that's a bit more of a mixed bag, uh, I do think the context of how Canada was hired is important to highlight because he was kind of forced into that because... You know, they're saying we're going to get the best coordinator. Best coordinator is supposed to be Lane Kiffin. Well, when Lane's off the table, they needed a name. Nobody was going to trust Ed Ogeron to be like, no, I want to hire Steve Insminger, or I want to bring in this kid Joe Brady. Like, it wasn't, he didn't have the uh, the skins on the wall at the moment. Now he will get to choose who he thinks is best. No, I think that's actually a really good point because I, I was talking to somebody who was at the coaching convention, you know, last week, and he was saying, everyone in the community generally has always liked Ed Ogeron. He's always been a pretty popular guy. The question has always been like, can you know, like how much can you respect him? I guess for lack of a better term, like now he's always been liked and people always want like like the idea of him. Now that he's also a title winner and he has like clear respect from everybody in the community, yeah, it's like now the mixture of that I think will actually make him. Well, and him. Ole Miss at Ogeron was probably terrible to work for. Terrible. Uh, and this at Ogeron is the polar opposite, as has been well documented. So, um, what was your second question? Yes. Now it's been floated. That like you know LSU is not necessarily tied to being three four, that they might you know they be open to which is weird because they finally got the personnel. So that's like how, we're that's four what I want to hours into this. What thing. would you think about going four three? I would no. I would I would say I would actually put maybe not the biggest emphasis, but I would uh, put some emphasis on wanting to uh, stay in the three four, or just at least make sure it's somebody who's like. You know, kind of like the Brady thing of like you just do what your talent. Yeah, presents. there you go. That's probably the best yeah. answer. Because I will Tyler Shelvin guy higher if you are somebody who is uh, adaptable to like like Venables is I guess probably the paragon of this. Or you uh, Aranda. Uh, yeah, and, and Aranda's great at it too. But but adapting to what you have to work with. Because I don't think it's crazy to say Tyler Shelvin's the 
third best player returning on this football team, it's probably Stingley chasing him, right? Yeah. So my point is, Tyler Shelvin is your most one of your most maybe the most valuable player on this football team coming back, and he is a true nose guard. Like he is a nose guard. Yeah, in if the you want to maximize set. Shelvin's impact and potential, he needs to be a head up nose in a three. And four. the argument some people might make back at me is like defensive line is. Maybe the strength of the team coming back as a whole next year. You got a lot of depth there between Logan, Farrell, Shelvin, Ica. You got a massive class coming in of Guillory and Duquelin Roy, and maybe you get McKinley Jackson. You still got Justin Thomas. Like it's a loaded defensive line, but I'm not sure exactly what it would look like in a four-three, where if where two of your four best linemen are true nose tackles in Eichel and Shelvin. Yeah, I just don't think you're maximizing it. And also, and Logan and Farrell have done really well. They've they've adapted, like they've 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 made their they've become three four down linemen, or and and done well with it. And I think some people are like under the notion that like, well, you have more defensive linemen, you're low at linebacker, so you'd rather have three linebackers than four. Not really, because a a four a four three linebacker, those need to all be true linebackers. Yeah, like they you basically need three inside linebackers compared to two. Yes, yes, and that's a very different thing because that's what you don't have. Like if you go three four, yeah, you got some holes to fill, but. Now I'm not saying the defensive coordinator is going to run the same scheme Miranda did, but really you, only you need have three, two inside guys. To you need fill. three, three, five. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you have holes to fill, but you know you got Demone Clark, and then yeah, you just got to figure out the second one. Uh, is Marcel Brooks an outside linebacker? That's a great question, T. Bob, and that's what I'm. That's actually like if I was doing a post, I'm not right now of like best offseason some question marks. Where does Brooks end up? Because he, I talked to him before the championship game at media day, and I asked him about that exact thing, and he flat out said. I think I'm going to go back to being a safety. Oh wow! Who's a th- like you know like a Jacoby where it's then a third down yeah. pass rusher. Yeah, it makes one, sense. One Jacoby's back, so how does that work? Because you can't put them on the field. You can't. They can't be your two true safeties because Brooks is not good enough in coverage yet. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And and you know how to well. I mean, do are you three safety all? Well, I guess that'd be kind of an Aranda thing. Wow, it is. So it just showed it, but because you know you could have Mo Hampton, him and Stevens out there maybe. But at least when you did it with Stevens and Delpit, you knew at least two of your three safeties were very solid in coverage. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if you can, but yeah, it's this tough thing with Brooks of how Marcel you, Brooks looks so big to be in coverage, doesn't he? He's a six two two oh two hundred six. He looks bigger for some reason, and so it's tough because he is. You know, Ogeron's flat out said this: he's not big enough to be a three down outside linebacker yet. But like, what is he going to go put twenty pounds on? I don't think that's realistic, and that would also take away some of his greatest his greatest attribute is that kind of Caleb on Chason esque like fluidity to him. Yeah, but I don't know if he can ever be as big as Caleb on. So all of a, I don't know if he can ever mm. be a true three down guy. I don't know if he's maybe he'll develop in coverage. I, he's got a full off season, but I don't know if he's going to be ready to be a, a true coverage safety. I think you you need a creative defensive coordinator who can really mix and match what he does there. So my answer to that question is, I have literally no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my guess is he's a safety who pass rushes on third down. I think I would probably lean towards that. I think I would probably lean towards that as well. I mean, I guess how do we know that he won't be good in co- that he can't? How do we know how that he's not ready for coverage? Yet? I, well, people on the staff said that in the fall. That's okay. part of that's part of why. Oh yeah, there was a story about him like getting. Burned, that's why he, where he was like, oh, one, yeah, yeah, one pro. Then he's like, getting that's owned. why he, yeah, that's why he full time moved outside linebacker. But part of that was also like, hey, we know you're versatile, but you're a true freshman. Let's not confuse you too much. Yeah. It's the lesson learned from Jacoby Stevens. And they said, all right, for at least your freshman year, just pass rush. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe he'll be better in coverage. I did ask him. He was sitting next to Mo Hampton. I was interviewing both of them. And I'm like, well, how do you think you are doing in coverage right now? And he's like, I'm doing good in coverage. And Mo Hampton gives a priceless look. Nah. of like, oh, really? <laughs> so I think that actually is the best anecdote to explain how I feel about it, too, of who – Marcel Brooks believes he can do anything, 
We'll see what he can actually do. Mo Hamden and uh, Cardell Flott, though, both pretty good in coverage, and they'll both be back That's next year. That's the other question. I think now we can start getting in. Do you want to start just getting into kind of yeah, the roster yeah, next yeah, year? Yeah. Or do then you have we, more you know, coaching no, Let's stuff. do that. Well, we can we can circle back around to passing game corner, but we're on the defense. Let's continue no, down this. To be honest, I don't have too much to say about yeah, this. I don't know either. Because I think right now it's too early to know really any names. LSU hasn't really released anything. The only question I have with passing game coordinator is, are you approaching this like, okay, Steve is going to this operate out of Brady's system and we'll bring somebody and do add to that, or are we bringing somebody else new in and we're going to change things up, maybe not significantly, right. but quite a bit? That's the question. Are you hiring somebody to be – it's basically are you hiring Jerry Sullivan or are you hiring Joe Brady? Yeah. Are you hiring a guy to be a real like elite receivers coach who can help with passing game stuff, or are you asking for another schematic mind to push it forward? Which also, uh, Jerry Sullivan ends up was kind of the root of all evil behind all the max protects and everything. So Yes. Specifically, I hope they don't go with an old school guy like that Which, again. I think Chris Johnson would kind. Of, Chris Johnson's the only name that's even remotely been reported. It's the only reason I'm bringing him up. The yeah. receivers coach that would kind of be an old school, not exactly forward thinking guy. Yeah, and so I don't know if I see them doing that. Um, but so that that's maybe it then on passing game yeah, corner until more breaks. All right. So defensively, uh, as we said, Cardell Flott, Mo Hampton. Where, so, where are you going to go with that? I was going to say I think I, I want to do it this way. I think this would be a fun way to do it. Okay. Let's go through each position group. And just go from top to bottom your confidence rankings. Okay. So what area you can start? What area of offense, defense, anything? What position group right now? And let's keep safeties and corners separate. Okay. <laughs> Which area are you most confident going into 2020? Uh, I think there are two candidates. Quarterback. Miles Brennan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I gave him a look. <laughs> defensive line. Okay, because I think it's between defensive line and Interior receiver. Interior defensive line. Ooh, that's a That's a – Right? I mean, I'm trying to think. Well, if they're well, playing a 3-4, I think all three are interior, right? Well, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm making sure that people aren't wanting to throw the outside linebackers okay, call, in that. That's, that's, that's what I mean Base, by interior. Yeah. I don't mean just nose. Yeah. I don't mean like just, even though Shelvin and Ica, like, maybe, but no. Yeah, but, that is literally the strength. But, <laughs> yeah, so Shelvin, so Logan, Farrell. Oh, yeah, I mean receiver. So that's obviously. the question. It's which one? Because you got Chase, who's their one receiver <laughs> in the country. And Terrace Marshall. I mean, I would go receiver just because, you know, they both you broke. Change your mind. They both broke Bo's ding, record ding, ding, there. Ding. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go you receiver. Yeah, both. Yeah. Keyshawn Butte coming in. Who just got upgraded to a five star for <laughs> yeah, whatever that's worth. He tore it up at the All American Game practices, which yeah. I think is a good indication of a lot of stuff because you're seeing best against best. It's elite against elite, right? I mean, it's tough to judge high school film. Like, I played 2A <laughs> high school Christian white boy football where, like, I wasn't even that big. I think I was like 250 in high school, and I was like way bigger than all <laughs> yeah. these kids. So. Uh, you got those three, which I think right there, that's a great starting trio. But you still got Trey Palmer, somebody with a lot of upside who might break out. Yeah. He could he, he compete for the third spot. Racy McMath. Racy McMath is a guy who's not a sexy name, but he is a veteran. He's a physical freak. He's and he was who they went to when somebody went yes. down this year. Like, I think he was good, the next he, guy up. He's a very solid receiver who most teams would be happy starting. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think, and then all of a sudden, Devontae Lee probably moves the defense, but even a John Trey Kirkland, you know, you're like you're probably eight deep. Coy Moore's coming in. You're like eight deep at receiver that you feel decent about. Yeah, receiver's the best position group. No okay, doubt. So let's put that number one, because I think I agree, but I don't think defensive line is far at all. So that's what we're getting at next. Tyler Shelvin might be my hot take is he might be the best interior defensive lineman in the SEC next year. Love it. Love it. Apuaika sure. also really came on at the end of the year. He, oh, he, he's going to be a stud. Yeah, which is kind of funny because like I was just looking at my hair. I wasn't looking. How to look? It looks good to me. It looks good. Yeah, I'm just um, still getting used to it. But yeah, defensive. So you got him. You got Ika. Who they would be happy starting if it came down to it. Like they would be perfectly happy if he's your son, yeah. if Shelvin went pro and you have Ika. 
Logan has been a basically a three and a half, like a four. He's going to be a four year starter. He's and he's been really good. He's been he's been a little underrated. And while Neil Farrell, I think, has highs and lows, he's actually the big of all that the entire 2019 team. He's actually made the most big plays. He has mm. 12 run stuff, seven tackles for loss, like a three sacks. Like interesting. He's actually a big play guy. Like he might be the most like high upside of any of those DNs we've that LSU started last year. Now where did I'm they not sure go? if he's well now that but. you've lost Fajoko and Lawrence though, where what's the depth like behind those guys? Okay, so right there you have four guys, right? Yeah. Out of, out of for let's say six spots. Yeah. They like to rotate. Yes. <laughs> you have four. You need two more ends. Justin Thomas, if he Ed, he left the team in the fall, Ed Ogeron said he hopes he's back in the spring. If Justin Thomas is back, that's a nice game because he was their best pass rushing D lineman. He was on the third down pass rush package. He was the one D lineman on that. I don't really know. I don't really know who Justin Thomas is. He's a good pass rusher. I don't know if he's you know he's a good athlete. All those things. Yeah. Okay. So then you got bad at my job, y'all. Yeah, and after that, it's a little iffy. You know, you got Trevez more guys like that. But well, I think then the hope becomes the bigger crew. Thank you. Right. Jaqueline Roy is a top 50 overall player in the country. And Luke, looks like he has the... He looks like he's ready. He looks like physically ready, but mentally is where I get really impressed with Roy. We interviewed he's, him and like... Yeah, he's a mature dude. This kid's so freaking mature, dude. He's already talking about like how like, well, I wanted to shape my body. And so he like cut all this weight and he got it to like a rock solid oh, 285. Yeah, he lost like 40 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a guy who will gel Perfectly with Tommy Moffat, and who will be like physically and likely men- mentally ready to go. It's just like on the field, is he going to be good enough to immediately earn that playing time? And you think he's going to have a shot? Exactly. And they also, BJ Ojolari is one who's kind of a tweener position oh, yeah. wise, but I think they really, really like him. So I think both those guys could compete to be compete to be that sixth guy in theory. Also, there's Eric Taylor. You got options there. So, yeah. and also it knows you still got. Jacoby and Guillory also apparently is a stud. People around around Louisiana say, and he's your third string nose tackle. You're really deep there, I think. So yeah, D line looks. I good. agree, it should be number two, but I think it's I think it's one and two, and then a gap. So number three, I think you got to go defense. You got to go. Ooh, that's tough. Safety. Let me see. A corner. You're gonna have. I think those are three. Stingley, four. Vincent. Well, okay, so okay question strong. is Vincent a safety or a uh, I'd say nickel corner. I'd put him as a corner. If, we, they, if we have to draw yeah, such Yeah, because they call him nickel safety, and he practices an individual every day with the safeties. Oh. But I still no. – but my gut still know. says I agree with you. I don't know. But, I mean, whatever. We're drawing weird arbitrary lines anyway, so it doesn't well, matter. it matters when we're deciding which is the strength. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess but it matters to the purpose okay, I agree. of this That's conversation. Vincent's a corner. Let's we'll do say it. he's a corner. Um, so Ooh, Sting- that, case, th- that kind of maybe makes a corner. With Stingley, Stingley and Vincent come back, it's huge. Stingley is and then Flot looks really good. Flot, that's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun battle for that second, the opposite corner spot because I think there was always this assumption that Elias Ricks, the five star number ten player in the country, is going to come in and like it's going to be Stingley and Ricks. You know what's weird about Ricks though now is that he has to live up to the specter of Derek Stingley. Exactly. Right. I and, mean, like. and Stingley was pro college ready at well and pro ready at a level that's not. Normal, no. like Ricks is a five star. Even if you're great, like, no, Ricks is going to be a stud. Stingley did, yeah. But it doesn't mean, and it's like Flot really, really impressed the staff last year. Corey Raymond seems to be really high on him. I kind right, of. If you <laughs> earn playing time as late in the season as Flot did, that means you are kicking ass in practice. He became a full time guy in the third down package. Yeah, and I remember Dave Aranda. I think it was Mississippi State game on the rewatch. You listened to it, and Dave Aranda had, I guess, had told the broadcast team in their pregame meetings, like. That he suggested, like Cordell Flott might actually be our best cover corner right now. Yeah, which was insane. So when I was doing my first, oh, look- said, oh, 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 echoed that as well. Okay, thank you. So 
when I was doing my my depth chart thing, I was I had to put put a guess up on corner. I gave the edge to Flot for now, just because you can't assume a freshman's gonna be like yeah ready. And I think Flot has just earned the benefit of the doubt. But anyway, so Elias Ricks might be your backup outside corner. He's a five star. Also, Jay Ward gained a lot of traction last year too in the Field, and he's gonna be your fifth, fourth, or fifth guy. So then the question is maybe you make try to make Jay Ward another nickel safety. You make one whoever doesn't win that starting job, you need to try to make sure they're the next in line. Yeah, you compete you compete with Kerry and you see you see who wins. And, and so because no, you no, don't have a because last year they did not have a backup nickel safety. They yeah. flat out didn't. So no chance for Kerry Vinton to be that outside guy. I wouldn't say that. It's kind of I wouldn't say no chance. No, 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 no chance. I guess if you had to predict what you think happens. I just kind of doubt it because it seems like the other guys are better. Yeah. Yeah. And also like you know, because sometimes you get in the thing of like maybe Vincent wants to push for for draft stock, but I don't think so in 2020 because now the nickels become one of the most valuable it's, positions. It's, in football. There's 12 starters on a defensive football, so team. it's no longer like a cheap position. So yeah. I think that would actually help his stock. So yeah, and and it, and it comes with its own unique challenges. Have we seen like carry? You know, a lot of times the nickels has to do a lot of the dirty work that makes it look like you're playing worse than you uh, yeah. than you actually are. So you got a ton of depth at corner. Okay, so corner seems really strong then. So let's 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 highlight that against safety and see if we think with returning so group you is go safety where a lot of talent but also a lot of weird fits going on. Jacoby Stevens is back. He's yeah. probably, you know, fourth best player returning off the top of my head, maybe fifth. <laughs> but he's always a, he's a tweener. Like a lot of people think he's really a linebacker, all that stuff. <laughs> Which also I'd like to say something real quick. I've gotten so many people asking me if Jacoby Stevens would be a linebacker. And I don't disagree with the sentiment. I think Jacoby Stevens would be an elite college linebacker. But let's just say one thing very oh, clearly. Oh, like a linebacker next year for LSU? Yes. Oh, I, yeah. No. No. And I would like to say one thing very clearly, and I'm not disagreeing with the sentiment there. Jacoby Stevens does not come back his senior year to not play safety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, if it was like a uh, – like uh, uh, sorry, continue, finish your thought no, first. No. Well, you know what it is. It's, it's, it's the, the thing I always say about Zach Hess coming back last year – and everyone's like, he's got to go to the bullpen, which, yes, he did in May, but after a long time. Zach Hess wasn't coming back from the MLB draft to go be a, in the bullpen. He came yeah. back to prove he could be a starter. And that didn't um, – That's not the yeah. – that, that maybe that maybe <laughs> did it. Hopefully Jacoby's Paul here. Paul calling Ed right now. <laughs> Move him to linebacker. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Jacoby's here goes a little bit better than, uh, than, than Zach's did in that return. Um, Sorry, go with your point, though. Probably. No, I mean, I, I didn't have a point. I just I, – I think that uh, – I guess I wonder on an NFL level, would he translate to linebacker or safety? Because you know they love NFL loves like a Shaq, like uh, who's yeah. the guy that Carolina drafted? Shaq Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Who I think he played safety all throughout college, uh, or maybe he ended up a linebacker. I don't know. But he's a tweener type of guy, right? A guy who maybe in an era of football would have been a safety, but now he's an inside linebacker. Jacoby could be that. I don't think he'll be that. Yeah, he'd be great, especially if he went four three. Oh, he'd be fantastic. Um. Now it is interesting though. Whoever replaces Aranda, can they use Stevens the same creative ways that Aranda was using him? Uh, and that, and I'm sure that will, is, like that'll be one of their goals. Because that is actually I'm glad you said that because I kind of like that slipped my mind to point out that that is the key thing you always have to bring up with Jacoby Stevens is yes Jacoby Stevens is a safety, but what you call somebody is very different. What they do, Dave Aranda, Jacoby Stevens played outside linebacker sixty percent of the time. Yeah, he was an outside linebacker who could also drop back as safety, and that's kind of why the defense worked. But yeah, so maybe it's all semantics, and maybe I'm full of shit. Uh, so Jacoby, uh, Maurice Hampton, who was great this year, uh, just got. I did not buy that his playing time was going to be legit, but it was, and he just kept getting more and more of it. And he so said, "Well, that's the thing." So you got, and you also got Todd Harris coming back from a tornado. Oh, forgot about Todd. You would assume Todd Harris is your starting safety. Yeah, 
And so then they love that, him in that role. So let's say, and he's going to be, he should be fully 100 oh, by yeah. then, given the time of year when he got and hurt. LSU's, and LSU has the shortest time. They do that, you know, ahead of its curb surgery, where they're actually ahead of time on ACLs than everyone else in the country. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Brooks Sabina did a fantastic award-winning story on it last year about oh, wow. how, like, Jacob, you know, Caleb Vaughn's tore his ACL like first week of September 2018, and he was sprinting by December. So that's wow. not normal. Uh, so anyway. So it's going to be interesting because okay, you know Stevens is one of those spots. Yeah, let's say there's only two technical safety spots. Is it Todd Harris? Is it you know Mo Hampton has impressed a lot of people? Yeah, I mean I think I give Harris the lead there. Yeah, but off the bat for so sure. So you got depth there. Also, is Marcel Brooks a safety? <laughs> and then Jordan Tolles is a top 100 safety who LSU is like crazy about. He's a two sport guy playing basketball, but LSU is adamant that like if he didn't play basketball and people and only focus on football and did all the circuits and all that stuff, like he'd be like a five star caliber safety. So. Let's, if, say, if, like, let's say, say we count Kerry Vincent in both groups then. Okay, he counts <laughs> so he's for... neutralized, yeah. Yes, he counts for both then groups. Then I go safety. Then you go safety. If it's neutralized, then I go safety. Yeah, I think, I think I agree with you. There's a little more question marks in corner. I mean, it, it just depends on how much of a drop-off will there be from Christian Fulton. And Christian Fulton was really damn There's good. There's going to be a drop-off, yeah. sure. Yeah, how much yeah. is the question. Like and said. maybe it looks like there will be less of a drop-off from Grant Delpit than there will be for Christian Fulton if you wanted to... Split those lines. You would think so, and yeah, and the main thing with safety is you have so much depth you can mix and match. You know, <laughs> I'm curious. That's why the DCI are so fascinating. All right, so Next. to recap, we are now at um, wide receivers one, D line two, D line two, safeties three, corners four. That now it gets fun. Now you get a big drop off. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you got to. I think running backs probably next. I was gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. That, but this is where it gets because I want because you agree there's a big. They're drop unknowns. Off. They're unknowns. A lot of talent. A lot, a lot of, talent. of unknown. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's so I'm curious what you would do because I had to pick one for my depth chart thing. I picked Emery and I, which is fascinating. Oh, like who will start? And I picked Emery. Yes, because I even pointed out my thing. I think if you were doing a depth chart of the roster right now, he'd be number three of those three they have on the roster. Yeah, I think it would go. Who's number one right now? Is it Curry? I think Curry. I think Curry. By the fact that he gave, got the start in the Peach Bowl, I think yeah. it's Curry. Me then too. Davis Price and Emery. But what I said was, <laughs> I think it's so close and so just completely up in the open that Emery is so ridiculously talented, <laughs> like off the charts talented. That I think of all those guys, he is the most to gain from an offseason. And and you know you get you get the you hear stories like yeah I know there was him like tweeting out the video from practice, and I heard the coaches got pretty pissed about him at that. And so like maybe there were some stories about like immaturity and stuff. Maybe he's not the biggest film room guy, or maybe not the most like caught up on the playbook. But but I will say this. Um, he he seems to at least publicly love LSU. I, I randomly saw his Twitter the other day, and like. It didn't seem like, you know, sometimes with those big five-star guys, yeah, if they don't like, play immediately, you wonder if they're getting a little discontent. And he seems like he's just, like, was loving it, just all in on the ride. I think it's worth Like, knowing. he tweeted something like, you know, if, if you don't come to LSU, you're an idiot, or something along yeah. those lines. And if you're saying that after riding the bench for a year, that, to me, speaks to you maybe being bought in. I'm glad you said that, because that is a common question I get. And, you know, and here's the thing, I'm going to have to tiptoe around, but I have heard he had a medical limitation I'll call it that was actually pretty damaging this season like, oh wow wasn't something that would take you off the field but something that really did limit him yeah something that's very fixable <laughs> but but maybe just so, that's all just to say that he's a guy that maybe seems poised to make a move that could leap him all the way to yeah. the front from the he, back with his talent he, I, the easiest way to put it is with his talent he's the most to gain from a full offseason there's no doubt about uh, it that said Curry's really interesting Curry's because really Curry ran and we saw a lot of TDP this season and he was really solid for really a freshman solid. 
He'd and, be very happy starting TDP. Yeah, and he has a role to play um, in terms of skill set that he brings. But Curry, man, talk about the guy that came out of nowhere. Another guy who must have practiced really well to earn some late season playing time. And, Apparently stood out in the scout team every week. And when he got his chance in the Peach Bowl, he did great. I mean, he is downhill, bruh. He is like shot out of a cannon downhill. So I love those three guys, I guess is the overall point. Yeah. Is that you should be able to put together a really good running back performance from those three guys. And it is fascinating because like Curry's somebody who I mean I heard two months ago was like guaranteed to transfer. Yeah. Like, like he like someone said he's gone. That was what was told to me. And now all of a sudden it's all up in the air. Well why wouldn't you be if you <laughs> were him? The, I mean you looked oh, like you God, were kinda yeah. getting buried for a second there. Yeah. But he earned his way he was out of it. Completely buried. So I mean shoot he was behind Leonard Fournette. You know, he was very he was five yeah. out of four. Um and then the other X factor is Man, of course I can't believe Leonard left the team. The other X factor is who Lead, who do they sign? Because they are going to sign a running back in 2020. There's that's that's not up for debate. And so, I don't think it's Zach Evans. It's not going to be Zach Evans. I've heard Cavantre Bradford is like the new kind of hot name they're really into, uh, and he's somebody I think if LSU decides they're going for, they could probably get. So into Cavantre right now. So he's hot. so hot. It's so hot. Right so now. hot right now. Uh, and then. I think Jameer Gibbs is obviously the huge name that everyone's chasing, but I've also heard... I don't know <laughs> shit about recruiting because I don't recognize... You're saying obviously, I don't recognize any of these names. Ah, my bad. Jameer Gibbs is a Georgia Tech commit, <laughs> okay. who, but has become a really hot commodity in the running back circuit. He's probably the most chased after guy right now. Wow. More than Evans because everyone kind of is back on the way from Evans. And, and, you know, so it's Florida, Ohio State, LSU, and Georgia Tech all fighting for him. And Georgia Tech's got a great recruiting class right now. But Gibbs, I think, is kind of people are struggling to get a read on. So I think if LSU wants to be safe, they, and they really like Bradford, to be clear. That's not yeah. a thing. But like, I think maybe it's Bradford. Either way, point is, whoever they sign, maybe that's the guy who can really make a jump. Oh, really? You think you think versus like kind of being well, buried behind so these wide other open. guys? I'm, I'm, I don't know why I said could make a jump. That was a weird way to put that. But I'm saying it's so wide open that who knows? Maybe to that me, guy. this last signing just kind of feels like a depth signing. Like you got to have a body in the class. If you don't, you're setting yourself up for yeah, a bad time a down the road. Um, and maybe maybe that person shocks everybody. But with Emory, TDP, and Curry, you got a solid three there. Like what's going to be intriguing is this year they loved. Their Fab Five and the eleven personnel so much that they really didn't have to mix things up. Do they get more sub? Do they get more of a really rotation going next year? I think you're going to uh, see because all three guys could play in that regard. No, that's a really good point. And I said that I think you will see all three see the field. Yeah, I, I do not think we will see the same like like you like to call it Fab Five. The Fab Five, group. baby. You'll see. Well, tight end you might not see too. Much. Tight end's tricky. Which well, can Eric Gilbert block? I think so, yeah. Because that is the question. Because Dad so. Moss was a fucking animal. I don't think blocking he's be this Dad Moss there, but yeah, I think he can. Uh, which is still just so great to me that Thad Moss had this reputation of being soft and maybe like the strongest part of his game is he will just I fucking maul you. That. I think he might have been <laughs> soft before. Who knows? But uh, okay, so okay, so, so running next, backs are next. I think I go O line next, which is fascinating because they're losing four. Because they're five. replacing everyone. Um, but I think I feel good about the guys there. Is it crazy to want to go Brennan next? I, I mean, what other groups do we have left? Yeah, okay, yeah, good question. Quarterback, running back, t- I mean, quarterback, O-line, tight end, linebacker. Okay. And you might even want to divvy up inside and outside linebacker. You probably should. Who would I put Brennan over in that group? Or quarterbacks? I think i go O-line. I would then. put quarterback over linebacker. Oh, yeah, I think linebacker's last place. Yeah. Um. What was the other ones? O-line and who else? I think it's O-line, tight end, quarterback. Tight end. That's tricky because I put Brennan over tight end. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> but am I crazy for saying O line because 
Uh, I'm just, just really worried about replacing Lloyd Cushberry. Like yeah. in, in replacing Joe Burrow, yes, the bar is impossible, but I'm not measuring Miles Brennan against Joe Burrow. I'm measuring Miles Brennan of like, do I think he can be a good quarterback? I really think he flashed this year. I think anecdotally, everyone seems pretty damn high on him. Um, I know the 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 arm talent is there. Like, and is it easier to replace one guy versus replacing four? Like and 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 we'll get into O line because yeah, like you even though you're replacing four starters, you still have depth behind them. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is that while I agree, there's you know we've learned we learned very hardcore between 2018 and 2019 how important continuity and chemistry is on the O line. Yeah, that we learned that full throttle. I do feel like I like at least nine eight. Guys. Also scheme right. Also like you yeah. know, not max protecting like. <laughs> Again, I, there's so many questions there, but I do feel good about eight to nine bodies on that O-line. Like, there are eight or nine guys on that O-line. That That's I, fair. I feel confident that will be quality football players. Quarterback, it really all hinges on one guy. That is a great point. Because I don't think they're going point. grad transfer. That is a great point. And Brennan's an unknown. But then I'll go devil's advocate on that front is Miles Brennan. You know, I feel confident he's going to be an okay quarterback. He will be at least a solid, respectable SEC quarterback. And a solid – and I repeat on the show all the time – even if he's a solid, respectable quarterback in the SEC, are you saying like Danny Etling good or like better than Danny yeah, Etling? Yeah, I think if he if he's Danny Etling good in this offense and that talent around him, this offense will be very, very. Good. Now, do you mean so you're saying like Danny Etling good and this offense would translate to better numbers than Danny Etling had? Because no Etling's my numbers mind. weren't bad. No, okay, no doubt. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. That's what you're saying. Yeah, so I'm saying even if he's okay, I think it's a top 25 offense with that talent around him, with the scheme finally updated. So. When I think of it through that perspective, maybe I do agree with you, Brennan, should be the higher pick because he does have a big arm, because he does have so many good pieces to throw to. He he has developed a lot. He's gained like 30 pounds. Will he be a top four SEC quarterback next year? Probably not. I think, okay. I'm backing my boy, Brennan. Ooh. I'm going to say yes. Wait, can I pull it up? The team yeah, yeah, pull up, pull up the Because now I'm all that. in on this question. By the way, quick note, I do have to leave in 18 minutes. But uh, That's fine. That's fine. i got to get going, too. Not um, we're going mean, to get this all done, no problem. Yeah, we're, we're at an hour right now. Hope you all are enjoying it. Grabbing a drink, drinking some whiskey. Yeah, let's look at the other quarterbacks that you. are returning. Okay, Alabama. Kind of open-ended, so I'm not going to put any of them top four. <laughs> A&M. I probably think Mon's top four. Mon's good. I think Mon is good. The team might be Is Mon good? I think... I, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't know Bill what to Simmons. make. Are we Kellen. sure he's good? I don't know what to make sure. I don't right, know what to make of Kellamon. I actually think Jamie Newman will be top four. I think I'm. More, I'm way more confident in him than I have Miles Brennan. Who's Jamie Newman? He's the Wake Forest quarterback tra- grad transfer to Georgia. Oh, he's good. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. do I think he's gonna be a Heisman candidate? No, but he's gonna be good. Yeah, I feel better about that. Okay, and you go down to South Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn, Bo Nix. I kind of have a feeling Bo Nix will be good. It's almost like you just want to throw him in the top four because he has a lot of potential. He's a lot of big games. Yeah, he's and got Chad a lot Morris of that shit in. off his back. He's got Chad playmakers Morris. to play with, too, next year. Yeah. He's got talent. Okay. I Bo- yeah, I go with Bo Nix. Bo- more four. confidence in Bo Nix than Brennan. Okay, Mississippi State, Arkansas, no, no, Van. Okay. Wow. Weird year at quarterback. Oh, Kyle Miles Trask. Brennan. Kyle Trask. Uh, Kyle Trask is probably number one right now. Probably. Right? So I feel more. In terms I, of known quantities. I have more, yeah, I have more confidence in Mond, Nix, Trask, Newman. That I do in Brennan. So I won't say Brennan will be top four. But I'm giving Brennan top four. I think out of that group, I, I think, don't think it's crazy. I think Kellen Mond, uh, I think Kellen Mond falls off. Well, here's what I'll say. I think if if, Bur- if Brennan works at all. Or Newman. I mean, I don't have much hope in George's <laughs> offense at this point until yeah, I see it. I I'm in LSU syndrome there. Like is I said, this- I, until LSU proved it, I wasn't going to believe in him. Is this a cheating way to put it? That if Brennan works, I think he's definitely top four. 
You know what I mean? It's kind of like no, I get where you're saying. But like, I get because saying. if he works, the talent's so good. And I, th- I think it'll work, dude. I, I really do. I, I don't know. I, I, whatever. I'm, I'm biased. I like Miles. Been dating my cousin for a while, so you don't listen to anything Twice. I say on him. But, uh, but, but I, but I, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw. Right. I really liked what I saw in that Georgia game. Little snippets. No, but you talked me into the idea of okay, so that would make them what six. So I, I you talked me into that being an overall line. But then let's go a line. Um, so, okay. so I think outside replacing Joe Burrow, replacing especially if you watch what Lloyd Cushenberry is doing at the Senior Bowl right now, where he dominated Javon Kinlaw, one of those one-on-one passer ups yesterday, and Kinlaw is currently like dominating all of Senior Bowl. I mean, I'll, so I'll be in Mobile tomorrow. Nice. Um, I'm going to talk to Jim Nagy about tomorrow this tomorrow of all days. Uh, just for a practice, you don't want to go to the game, right? You want to go to a practice. Yeah, but you go like Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, everyone's there. Yeah. Well, so for some reason, everybody's saying that everybody's going to be there tomorrow. I don't know exactly what it is. Like a bunch of people go to the Beauvage or something, and then go tomorrow. Oh, I don't know. You're, you're sitting here shaking your head condescendingly. So I don't know. Look, I'm not the fucking reporter. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's interesting. I, I would love to go to Bo. Point so is, I want to go to the Bo. I'm going there tomorrow. And I didn't get an invite. We're gonna talk about how Lloyd has been doing because from afar it looks like he is making waves right now. Yeah. So how do you replace that guy then? Because you don't have anybody else that's even played. And he's right? the leader of that like, team. Like, okay, left tackle, Sadiq Charles, great, but I like Darrow's. I like Darrow's doll. I like Darrow's doll. I really liked his improvement from last year to this year. Yeah, one more offseason. Yeah, yeah I want to see a similar job. Hell yeah. Uh Austin Deculus, the fucking stalwart. I yeah. mean, how many games has he started now? Like thirty? Like, yeah. like I still agree he was probably the fifth he was probably like the fifth or sixth O lineman on that, that line, but I still think he's a four. But he's start. holding it down, <laughs> yeah. dude. He's and he's only and he's gotten better. Like, let's be clear. You can still be maybe the weak link of a it's like the O line as a whole was arguably, even though they won the Joe Moore Award, this sounds crazy, but they were arguably the weakest group of the offensive position groups. They were. But the, yeah, exactly. They right? firmly were. But, yeah. but that doesn't mean that you're still not really good yourself. So that's kind of decadent also. Uh, Ed Ingram, I think, is all SEC. Yeah, Ed Ingram's going to be incredible. Right guard's wide open, but yeah. I mean, I like the candidates there. They love Anthony Bradford. LC really? Loves so Anthony. he's not going to be a tackle. <laughs> like I, I think he's a guard. I think okay. if they need him to be a tackle down the road, sure. But I think he's a guard. So I think that guard competition is a really fun. I wrote, I'm like, that's next to running back. I think that's the battle I'm most fascinated by. It's Bradford versus Cardell. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Cardell Thomas. Cardell's coming off a really bad ankle injury, but he's already kind of practicing. Obviously, he's huge upside. The fans love him more than anybody. He's a former five-star. Ankle injuries, too, are not the hardest to recover from. In not, terms not, not of, even for a big guy? No. Well, I, I don't know. Did he have ligament damage? I'm not a doctor. Yeah, so, I mean, I broke my fibula, which is your ankle right there. Nice. Got to play with a few screws. Are you put a in doctor? There. That was way easier to recover from than like the ACL, okay. labrum surgery in your shoulder. Just because it was for me, if he had ligament damage, maybe that's different. But if it's just a bone, like a broken bone's a broken bone, you 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 could be fine there. So. so, but anyway, yeah, I don't. You're right though. You got a lot of talent. Like Bradford, at that right guard I've heard spot. Bradford needs to get his weight down. Okay. And Thomas, like uh, someone put it to me, is he's kind of a little stiff. But like, granted, those I like both. One of those guys, the cream rises to the top. Like one of them will be probably solid. Also, they love Xavier Hill, the three star coming in. Really, he's only a three star, but they apparently think he's like the goods. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that same thing. Is that they're kind of way higher on him than the rating system. So seems you have to be. a nice competition there. But anyway, we're all getting to one clear point. Chasing Hines. Center is wide open. I yeah. th- And I put this in there. I think that is the number one area you might look to see a grad transfer. Uh, whether uh, it be center or like a center guard combo guy maybe, so you have options. Fuck, dude, but- come on. The dude from UGA, just finish it off. Have everybody leave the offense. <laughs> have that. Why doesn't he come over here to LSU? Make come some, be center for calls, a year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think I don't – 
I will not even remotely pretend to have any sense on the center market in the Grand oh, no, no, Yeah, no. There's no hot stove uh, on ESPN.com for that. <laughs> oh, but no. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what they can look for there. But, I yeah. could throw out any name. Ben Phillips. <laughs> yeah, you heard That's of a Ben center Phillips, name right? I've huh? heard one. Huh? John uh, York. Yeah. Oh, God. That's, York. A, that's a long snapper name, Fucking actually. animal. That's a long snapper name. Uh, yeah, you're probably right, actually, but, there. Yeah, so. No, if, all long snappers' names are Ferguson. You should know this at this <laughs> or point. Or from Buford, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just putting Skinner's Skinner. the next one, and he's, gonna, he's from Buford. That's true. We didn't even rank long snapper in our positional rankings. How are you feeling about the Ferguson dynasty finally being over? Well, Are they below linebacker? Well, the Buford legacy continues, uh, and Quinn Skinner was like the number one long snapper in the country coming out. Oh, so, so we good. We Gucci man. Which Gucci. is hilarious, because apparently he's not from Buford, but he's from nearby in Georgia. That's and like, because does. Ferguson... The Fergusons were like so well known there. It was like, all right, let's go. Buford Buford does a very good job of recruiting. I know multiple guys who used to like their families would like get an apartment in Buford just for the sole reason of being able to justify sending the kids to Buford to play football. (laughs) Okay, so fuck the Buford Wolves. So we never even got to our point, which is center is wide open. Jason High, yeah, that was fun though. I had a good time, man. No regrets. But center is fascinating. And I think the key thing we need to say here is we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Jason Hines was once somebody they felt really high, good, like good about. He was an 18-year-old true freshman like getting starts at guard. And Thrown into the mix <laughs> in that a, Auburn game. He's a physical stud. Going against Marlon Davidson, and a guy got, that yeah, had like four years and he of started. He got consistent rotation time the rest of the year yeah. because of injuries. And and then, but then he had the knee injury, and he had to, he had off. You know, he didn't really come back until August, and clearly didn't come back right. And LSU firmly expected him to win that left guard job last year, and he never was able to beat out Adrian McGee. Yeah. And then once they figured Which, out, as we were talking online, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Adrian McGee. I tried to send that guy to the bench you for two both. years, <laughs> and all he did was get better. And better and better, and he was really, really good. damn good by the end of this season. No doubt about it. So I shout out to you, Adrian McGee. I'm curious to see if he gets a shot. For proving <laughs> assholes like me wrong and, and making yourself into a great college football player and winning the ring. Uh, Well-deserved. So then, and then they, obviously when they found out he wasn't going to win it, he's somebody who played a little center in high school, so they decided, all right, let's move him to center because they had no backup center. Yeah. Charles Turner was not ready yet. They needed somebody. So he has a full year there now. But we, I've never asked anybody about it. That would have been a great thing to ask at Media Day, but I'm not a good reporter. <laughs> like, well, how does Chase and Hines look? We have no idea. And then also, Charles Turner is somebody who is they do actually like his future, but he clearly, like you saw his snaps last year, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just don't know, but maybe that's an open competition. Maybe you go grad transfer, but that's the huge it's question It's just mark. so hard and to replace Lloyd. Of that line. Yeah, because it's not just the plane. It's, it's the mental um, aspect of it as well, making all the calls, getting right on the same page. It's the leadership. Uh, it's the fact that Lloyd Cushmere has a six eleven wingspan. Did you realize that? What? He is a six eleven wingspan. That's I what I read. Today. I would have written three thousand words about that if I knew that. I, I read that today, <laughs> and 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 I seemed to get light confirmation when I threw that out on air. I guess maybe that's not the most responsibly sourced. It was somebody reporting from Senior Day, so I could be wrong, but that's but it looks like it. Like if you actually look at a picture of Lloyd, his arms hang down to his he is knees. He's a fascinating body, build. yeah, because he looks like he could be like a true D end or something. And he apparently, is, his like, hands are like like. Ten and a half inches or something, just massive. I, yeah, I think he's gonna be the first center taking it. It's just a matter of like, which is crazy because he got when, the stay, when does the stay go? in school grade, which I guess maybe is yeah more speaks to center itself. But I'm telling, if you put one on one pass reps where you're dominating Javon Kinlaw, you can do that shit consistently. 
Because let's be clear, if you ever catch yourself out there, you're listening, you're watching a one-on-one pass dress drill, that is a drill that is super slanted towards the defense. They have no responsibility. There's no wash, right? There's no, like, interior guards that can get in the way or just madness going around. So even at center, you're basically like an offensive tackle at that point. If you can win those reps consistently, you're a whole beast. So uh, shout out Lloyd. Okay, so we agree line is probably seven, but I think it's pretty close with – Quarterback, I think that's actually pretty. Yeah, because like I said, I feel good about eight or nine guys in that line. I'm gonna you still got Marcus. I mean, Marcus Dumerville is a guy who's top 100 player, and yeah, you want him, you don't want to start him yet as a freshman, but like, say somebody gets hurt, I imagine he's good enough to maybe compete there. Anyway, we'll so see. then it gets tough. No, then you go tight end. We we yeah. can go through this one quickly, but you're losing Thad Moss, and you don't like your. I don't think there's a lot of like trustworthy depth at tight end, but Eric Gilbert, Tory Carter, I, I doubt he's here. I bet he transfers, man. Oh, you think? He'll be a fullback. I don't blame him. I think he'd be a grad transfer. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he's just kind of... Just pro LSU. Yeah, if, if he's just like, you know, some, you got to have those good role players. He's a great special teamer. Loves to fuck people up there. He looked athletic in the Mississippi State game. Like, granted, he jacked that dude and threw him on the ground. But do you remember the touchdown that he got caught? That he caught that got called back? Oh God, yeah. Where he like jumped up in the air and snagged it. Which would have it was so frustrating because that would have been the Burrow touchdown record. That was that. that, And it's like that. It should have been ended by a fullback. If he, I, I will say this: if he can make himself into a consistent receiving threat, I could see him finding time at that uh, at that position. Maybe. I don't see it, but maybe. Uh, but no, the point is, and Eric, the hard thing about that is you could make an argument that actually tight end should be ahead of quarterback and O-line because Eric Gilbert is a like generational freak talent. Yeah. <laughs> He's a six foot five, 250-pound receiver at playing tight end. He was the first tight end to ever win the Gatorade National Player of the Year Award, which is crazy. He was he's the highest rated tight end in twenty four seven sports history, which is crazy. Yeah. And, I mean he, you watch his highlight film, like he's a tight end who they, their offense like ran screens for and said just like No, he looks like he looks like how Derek Stingley looked where it's just like this guy looks like he could play in the league today. So like just body wise. Yeah. So I'm fine with putting them eight because it's a you're trusting a true freshman and I don't love the any of the backups. Like I don't love Jamal Pettigrew. Cole Taylor's a three star. Aaron Ma Tory Carter. Tory Carter, thank you. <laughs> you're you're a little you're a little low on our boy TC. I just don't think Tory Carter will ever be like the three down tight end. Um, That's all I mean. Uh, but yes, he will play. We'll see the field. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking because of his blocking ability. Like if he can be that receiving threat, does he get a series here or there? I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't I don't see a lot of if they run oh, yeah. it like they did the offense this year. There's not going to be a lot of inter drive subbing, right? Like you're not going to get a lot of guys running off the field. You, if a guy's in there, he's likely going to get that entire series. I completely agree. So so then right. okay, we move on through that. But I think Gilbert's going to be a key contributor yes. day one. So he he might even be the higher ranked group. Then you get to the real weakness. Yeah, linebacker. <laughs> Which, I mean, okay, I think you rankings don't matter. We can get away from the rankings part, but you do have to separate outside and inside. Okay, you, f- you know Demon Clark is going to be. You feel he's the next, in- next, next. He's the heir to the inside linebacker throw. And Baskerville. <laughs> the thing with Baskerville is, I don't know if he's somebody they look at as like an upside guy. Like, see, I thought they loved him though. They've been talking high on him since what, he was like a freshman. But I when, feel have like. you heard that this year? Well, I mean, when he played, I guess I don't know. I mean, right? Wasn't he? Maybe was, I'm just wrong on this, but he's not somebody I ever. I think he's somebody who like is solid, but I don't think anybody's. Wasn't like, who was ahead of Queen at the beginning of the season? It was Clark, it was Divinity. It was Divinity Phillips, and then Clark technically got the start. But I think Queen was always because like, of the Georgia Southern game. But like, I think Queen was always still higher than him. Uh, 
But no, no, Baskerville was never in that linebacker competition. Uh, so and that and he's played. Oh, he's who he, played in the Florida game two years ago? So that's the thing. Baskerville is who they trusted more as a freshman. I think yeah. Baskerville's somebody like you can trust. You know what Baskerville might be? And again, I don't watch this film that closely, but you get my point. You know what he is? He's like a Ray Thornton and Andre Anthony, where it's like you can trust him. I've heard Ray Thornton and Andre Anthony's names mentioned yeah. in tandem so many times. It's, like It's the same thing. And they never really do They're anything. quality football <laughs> players. You know you can trust them to be put on a football field, but they're not like the upside you want at that position. They're not going to be like game changers. But anyway, you know Damone Clark's one of them. Damone yeah. Clark is like... If his IQ catch, if he like learns the playbook and really, which it seems like he probably did, after he looks like a game changer. If he really knows that part of it, he is a freak, like you said. So you know he's one of them, and yeah, maybe it's Baskerville, maybe that's a grad transfer spot, maybe what like a Dante Starks is grows more than we realize. Maybe Antoine Sampas college ready. I don't know. Is there a name that we're missing? Is Baskerville really the one that filled in two years ago when yeah. Phillips went down? Hundred percent. It was Baskerville. Huh. Baskerville filled in a lot in twenty eighteen. Like, whenever somebody, like, missed a half, whenever somebody went down with an injury, it was always basketball. So that was basketball. For some reason, I was thinking it was someone else. It was him over Queen half the time, actually. But that obviously changed. But. Look at Queen's stock. Talk about a rising stock. From not starting the beginning of the year to now, he just got projected as a first-round pick by Daniel Jeremiah. Seems, yeah. Seems are going to fall in love with him at the Combine, too. A lot of first-round picks from this Five. LSU team in that Daniel Jeremiah draft. We'll see. we got to we'll wrap see. up, so I'll say, like, inside linebacker, not much else to say, but that's just, like, you really it's don't. a question mark. There's nobody you're psyched about at that second spot. But LSU has a, a almost – Scary ability to produce guys out of nowhere at that position. Good point. Maybe it was Queen this year. Devin White wasn't out of nowhere, but you look at the height to reach. A little bit, but then Deion Jones, Duke Riley, like Quan Alexander. Inside linebacker at LSU has been on a heater lately. So maybe Damone Clark's that next guy. New linebacker coach, though. New new DC. That's going to be fast. Oh, that's fair. That's true. Uh, And then the last one, outside linebacker, which is huge because you you were basically between. Is Philip Webb the top? Andre Anthony and Ray Thornton, bro. Well, that's what I was going to say. Philip Webb's probably who you hope wins that. He's a true freshman. He's top 50 player out of Georgia. Wait, I think he's Buford, Georgia, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. I don't think he, Damn I think it. he might be. Uh, Son of a bitch. But, yeah, Philip Webb's a stud, but, like, I don't know if you ever want to ask a true freshman if you're starting outside linebacker. Caleb on Chason had to, but that was probably too early for him, too. Yeah. Now, then you ask, do you just do Marcel Brooks? Do you just take your chances there, be versatile? and just see what he can do, how much weight can he gain, all that. And then, yeah, your backup plan is probably you can at least trust Anthony and Thornton. Like, you do know they are quality football players you can put on the football field, but you're probably hoping Webb or Brooks is able to do it. Yeah, you're not getting, you know, maybe Thornton and Anthony finally (laughs) fall through on all the potential, but we'll have to see. All right, so inside linebacker and then finish off with outside linebacker for for our group rankings. All right? Yeah. Uh, Oh, one more fun thing to throw in there, though. Um, Special teams should be good. I mean, you know, you're replacing kickoff return. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and nobody returns kicks anymore as anyway nowadays. So you're fine. Uh, also throw in like, where does Devonte Lee play next year? <laughs> I've heard that it's actually possible he could be a linebacker. Uh, safety was always the assumption there, but I mean, he's actually the same build as Jacoby Stevens. He's maybe even bulkier than Stevens. Wow. What if he? I mean, it would probably be a huge learning curve, but like. Could he be somebody who's just like a shock linebacker that we didn't see coming? That's what I'm saying. There's got to be, oh man, yawning. Uh, there's got to be someone, right? I mean, I don't, or not, there's got to be, but 
LSU's track record recently would speak to someone kind of diamond hiding in. Oh, never mind. The I actually don't have rough shot, by the way. What? I'm a bad. I'm bad at reading. It's 11 Pacific time is my call. Oh, she's not until one. Damn athletic, based in San Francisco. I don't have too wow. much else to say. It but. would be based in San Francisco. I'll tell you, I got that valuation. Just a tech bubble waiting to burst. I'll be here to clean up the pieces. Okay. What does that Just even know mean? That. What are you gonna be doing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what does that entail? I, I have no like, idea. Taking out for a drink? That'd be nice. I appreciate that. Like, <laughs> um, thanks, man. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hold That Podcast podcast. Uh, obviously, a lot of off-season talk, a little depth chart, a little coaching, and uh, you know that we love you. So uh, buy all your meats at A-Bear Specialty Meats. Ooh, that sounds so good right now. I know it does. I'm actually about to go eat at City Cafe with a client. which Never been. Uh, City Cafe is great. I just went there for the first time a couple weeks ago. Full disclosure, we do live reach for them. We just started. Um, first off, they've been around for 100 years. What? They were established in 1919. 1919. Brody Plastic was invented in 1905. Why do you know that? Uh, I because it's my ultimate way of like judging things. <laughs> that's your like. So like, that's your go-to. Like, like the old Miss, scale. the old Miss football series has been going on since like 1902 or 1899 or something. So you've been playing football against Ole Miss to even before plastic was invented, which I find pretty fascinating. Um, but yeah, so no city cafe is really good though. But Aver especially meets us too. I got some uh, pork chorizo tacos I made last night that I got oh, leftovers for. Look at you! Oh, but I don't know it, why I said pork. I mean chorizo potatoes. Is it a real chorizo? Chorizo though? What do you mean real? I don't know. Somebody was telling me that real chorizo is like fermented meat or something that you have to do for a while, and that all the chorizo we eat is fake it's chorizo. Packaged chorizo. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea, dude. It's some hipster person was telling me this. I mean, um, I'm down to try that real chorizo. It sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've been on a big mezcal kick lately. Uh, loving some mezcal. I have been on a big, like, I've only been, lately when I'm at a cocktail place, I, like, only order, like, tequila or mezcal-based. Why did I say mezcal like that? That was weird. Uh, but How we, are you supposed to say mezcal? I say it all I, No, I, but I said it with a Chicago accent. It was like mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I've been, only been ordering, like, tequila and mezcal-based cocktails lately. They're very refreshing to me. So. See, so. I love when our mind melt. Uh, so, but the next step to be the true alpha is to just start getting your mezcal neat so you can really absorb all those smoky flavors. I don't know if I like mezcal enough to drink that neat. I can drink tequila maybe neat, but... I like mezcal neat better than tequila. But I'll do I like, it. With, I like, I'll do I like, I like when in Rome, I mean, you know, I'll do it sometime, but... And I think I think I said it was peaty, but I think actually peat and smoke are two technically different things, and I think mezcal is more smoky. I don't know, though. Oh, I really enjoy smoky, it, yeah. Uh, and we enjoy you. So if you enjoy this, like... Uh, rate it, review it, five stars. Um, leave Brody more negative feedback. Uh, he really enjoys it when you do. Like so, even if you even if you hate it, rate it five stars and then talk Wait, shit about it. I sent you the review like two weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like I think our reviews are like ninety percent four and five stars. Like it's all positive. Yeah, it's great. And there's one one star review, <laughs> and it literally just flat out says Brody ruins this for me. <laughs> And I don't even really disagree. I think T. Welcome is, to radio. I mean, T. Bob's a star here. I'm fine with that. I but get, it just confirmed oh, everything please, I believed dude, about myself. I get myself. shit every single day of my show. There's like at least three guys. Well, you know they, Derek. The, the 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 names are anonymous, but if you have an anonymous account, it still gives you that same anonymous name every day. And so, like, there's like three guys that constantly are on my ass every day about stuttering, about this or that. You fucking suck. Blah blah blah. If so, if nobody's telling you, it's like it's like when you got a coach, right? If your coach isn't on your ass, that's when you got to be concerned. 
Because that's that's when you fall through the cracks. Like you don't even matter enough to get yelled at. So if nobody's telling you you suck, that's when you're ultimately boring. That means there's just nothing there. That you're just milk toast. I like it. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a great day. And we'll be back next week with a new Hold That Podcast. Podcast. Goodbye.